This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplified. Hello, hello, Amplify You family. Michelle Abraham here, your host. Today, I am bringing you an Ask the Expert interview with Jason Antelik. Jason is the CEO of Public Speakers Association. So Jason uh, is now become the owner of that association and where he helps you connect your, to your success by enhancing your speaking through connections, networking, and opportunity, which is really cool. Jason's background is over 40 years experience in the entertainment industry, being on microphone stages and media for more than half his life. Jason started out as a DJ and running his own mobile mobile entertainment service and began speaking on stages and helping you better yourself and better your career and better your life. So he really focuses on empathy and leadership. And I'm really excited to bring Jason here today. We connected recently and I really want to uh, just showcase what becoming a speaker can do for you as a podcaster and how you can't just all of a sudden decide to be a speaker. There's a few things that you need to do <laughs> and how you be- can also become a professional speaker um, when when you feel ready to do so. Um, there's lots of things that go into it. And Jason's going to enlighten us on some of the training and some of the connections they do at the public, uh, public sorry, at the, at the um, Public Speakers Association that he, Jason owns and is the CEO of. So welcome, Jason, to Amplify You. I'm so happy to be here, Michelle. Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to share with your folks uh, all the great things that you just mentioned. Awesome. Well, let's dive right in, Jason. Now, you spent like most of your life speaking on stages and on microphones, teaching, like you have a real background in entertainment. So do you have to have a background in entertainment to be a good speaker? No, that's uh, just kind of how it went for me. Uh, a, a lot of times the speaking bug just sort of happens to you, right? You you end up in front of a group and you you kind of feel that little bit of a rush and the excitement. And then you get this great feedback and you feel the connection and the enthusiasm. Uh, and it's very easy for that to become infectious, right? And that's, that's what kind of gets us, right? That even if it's uh, in a small setting or in a very large setting, it, it's very simple to, to get to that place. Uh, a lot of people have a fear of public speaking, uh, but but there's different versions of that fear. And anxiety can be fear, but it can also be excitement. Uh, it's kind of like good stress when you're on a vacation, right? <laughs> you're trying to get to, to the right place at the right time to enjoy what you lined up. Uh, and, and speaking can be very much the same way, uh, a roller coaster, you know, much like the amusement park. So uh, it really is kind of different for each person. Uh, for me, it developed in in, a, in natural ways that I wasn't really paying attention to until I actually started focusing on speaking and looked at my experience and went, wow, I've done a few things that feed into this. Uh, so, so you really don't, it, it doesn't matter what your background is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about desire and, and how you're willing to participate and hone your craft. 
Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's a great, a great point. You know, as I always think of like, oh, being a speaker and captivating the audience, you have to have had some sort of entertainment and training or background or whatever. Um, And it's funny because I have spoken live stages and I have been on lots of podcasts and lots of webinars. I find it actually like harder now on podcasting because there's no feedback from the audience, right? It's more like, you know, you get used to that feedback on stages and then all of a sudden you don't get that feedback on podcasting. So can you take us uh, on, down a few little tips or something you might have for us podcasters that are going to go the opposite way? So we've become podcasters, we are podcasters, and now we want to move to the stage. What are some suggestions that you have for us? That's that's really a great question. And um, having had some uh, experience with my own internet TV show and some podcasting, and especially being on podcasts as a guest, uh, that's that, that's where I can speak from first. Is is that it's uh, the message is very similar, the delivery is similar. A lot of the same things that you're doing will translate. And there's the, there is that big difference you're talking about between uh, the recording and the talking. Uh, to to just the other person or recording on your own, as opposed to getting the feedback from the audience, uh, and and that's where that kind of infectious piece can can really come from. Uh, it's the the feedback you get in a podcast is the likes and the the views and the the, the comments that people share with you, right? So you get it just in a in a it's in a different timetable. Uh, I would say there's a lot of things that transfer over very easily. The one of the main things when you're a podcaster going to a speaking role is that you now have area to cover. You're on a stage and it's a big physical space and you're the center of attention and you can tell because everybody's looking at you. Uh, and, <laughs> Not and awkward at all. Don't worry. <laughs> well, it, it, especially if you're kind of an introverted person and podcast is, is, your, is your thing. Uh, it, but the message and what you're sharing is the best way to focus because what you're there to say is what people are listening to. And one of the secrets that can really help you just to start out with, especially if you're nervous, is the people in your audience want you to succeed. They want you to do a good job. They want you to have a great message. They want you to connect with them. Like They're open and ready to receive that. And, and that's, a, that, that's a powerful thought when you step to the stage that way. And it can be very helpful to realize, okay, these are people just like me, right? I'm not, I'm not up here trying to be the superhero. I have my message. I know what I'm going to say, at least part of it, right? And, and, and really, be, uh, you know, really be present and be in that moment. Uh, preparation for stage is something that is vital, because things are going to happen. Stuff is going to come up. The, the slides aren't going to work or the microphone's going to go out or you're going to slide a little bit on the stage. Uh, you know, something is going to happen. Somebody's phone's going to ring. And the more prepared you are, the more you know your material, the less likely for those un, uh, unplanned for circumstances to knock you off your game. Mm. Right. And, and that preparation is a little different than when you do a podcast or an interview, because a lot of us in that frame will really go with the energy of the moment. Right. And we'll ask the questions that kind of come up and that makes for great conversation. But when you're presenting, you are the source of the information. So being prepared, knowing what you're 
points are, what you're going to do along the way is really important to keep you on track and to keep your message clear mm-hmm. so that you, you're not flying by the seat of your pants on stage. Because <laughs> when, you, when you get to that point, it's very easy for you to get uh, a little disgruntled to yourself, which shows, and the people in the audience can really pick up on it. And there's no post-production editing either, so keep that in mind. <laughs> but, it, it, but also, sometimes the little slip-ups, those moments actually create the greatest experience possible, not only for your audience, but for yourself, because you would be surprised when you're present in the moment and prepared when something comes up, that one liner that you shoot out, that, that funny moment that's just genuinely authentically you really brings people in. And, and that's the third thing I would say about, about, transferring from one to the other is maintain your authenticity. Be who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't be some speaker you saw or the book you read. Be you because that is the area you don't have to think about. Just be yourself, right? Because then you don't have to be in character or fall back into this or that. It's just, it just keeps the flow and keeps things real. And it lets you not have to worry about where am I at? Am I presenting? Am I standing okay? Am I, you know, just be yourself. Now, those are some great pieces of advice for us. Now, what about the 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 big fear of like blanking out when you're on stage? Does that actually happen? Like, I, I have not had experience with that yet, but I have a bit afraid of that happening. Oh, oh, that's a very real thing. Yes. <laughs> It is going to happen to you. It's it's kind of, I had a buddy that used to drag race cars and he said that you either, uh, you've either been in a wreck or you're going to be, <laughs> yeah. right? Because it's going to happen. It's yeah. the nature of going 200 miles an hour in a very short period, right? You, you, you've either blanked out or you're going to at some point. And, and again, that comes back to being prepared, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you blank out for that moment, but you can take that as a dramatic pause and take a breath and then just come back to what you were doing. That staying present and being authentic, if you blank out, it's, it's you know, again, people want you to, to do well. So just don't draw attention to it. If you blank out, don't go, oh, my God, I forgot what I was saying, because you suddenly lose your credibility. Mm. Right. But you can take a moment and while you're thinking, kind of cover it by making eye contact in the audience. (laughs) Look at a couple of people. Give yourself a moment to take a breath. And then you'll realize as you relax that it will come back. If you go the other direction and choose panic, (laughs) yeah, if you choose the freak out, which is probably the easiest direction. Uh, But if you go that direction, then it just prolongs the agony of the moment, right? And it gets you farther away from who you are and it gets you farther away from from getting back on track. So uh, just, just relax and know that you're prepared, that you're okay. Uh, it, it's not the it's not the end of things. It happens to every speaker. It happens yeah. to all of us. Just uh, how many times do you end up in the kitchen wondering why you came in there? Yeah, or open the fridge. What was I getting? <laughs> yeah, yeah was, uh, I know there was something in here I wanted. Uh, so it's uh, it, it's one of the rules that that I've always worked by that was uh, originally 
presented to me by Tanya Hoffman, who was the previous owner of the Public Speakers Association and my mentor, was that she operates by the, the 25-50-25 rule. 25% of the people that you're talking to in a room have already made a decision for some reason, whether it's your hair color, your voice, the clothes you're wearing, the way you stepped on the stage, that they're not going to listen. And that's okay, because that's not something we have control over. There's 50% that are on the fence. They're there, they're paying attention, they might have just put down their phone, they're, they're maybe distracted by something else. Those are the, the people in the middle. And then there's that 25% that is your crew. These are your people. These are the folks you're talking to. And you know who they are because they're interested, they're engaged, they're looking at you, they're paying attention, they're reacting, they're listening, and it's very easy to find out who that is. Those are the people that you're talking to, right? Because you know your ideal client, that's your ideal client. That's the person that you can engage. That makes sense. How do you get over the fact if you see someone yawn or fall asleep in your presentation, not take that personally? <laughs> you have no control over it. Chances are the person yawning has no control over it. Somebody <laughs> yeah. sneezes, it's like, how are you going to stop a sneeze, right? It doesn't, it doesn't really work. Yeah. Put them in the 50%, put them in the 25 and move on. Should and, you and, be getting some sort of like physical engagement from them too? To maybe, you know, your speakers after lunchtime, you know, someone's going to fall asleep. You can get them up and moving and doing some sort of physical movement. <laughs> that That is really a great point, Michelle, because depending on where your time slot is mm -hmm. and where you're speaking in the day, you've got to take those things into account. And exactly like you're saying, right after lunch, get everybody up. If it's first thing in the morning and people are just getting there and settling in, you want them to get settled in. You don't necessarily want to pop them right out of their seat, <laughs> but you can do something engaging like, hey, raise your hand if if so-and-so, if this is who you are, or uh, how many of you have had this happen to you. That creates engagement, it creates movement, and it gets people paying attention. And you know right away who's paying attention because <laughs> right. they're they're raising they're their working. hand. <laughs> right. And, and um, interactivity if it's appropriate within your presentation for people to uh, to interact with the people near them, you know, if you have like a two minute exercise that gets people kind of broken up, um, it makes them pay attention because now they're paired up with somebody. So they've got to be involved, uh, but it, it's got to work in what you're doing and not be a forced thing. So it's, it's about looking for small ways to do that. And as you progress, maybe making those a little bigger. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really great point. So curious about what kind of speaking do most of the public at the public speaker association that you own? Or is it like a paid speaking most of the speakers or is it speak to offer kind of speaking or, you know, I know there's different kinds of speaking. Maybe you can speak to what are the different kinds of speaking and, and what's kind of available for people out there? Oh, great question. Thank you for that. Uh, so with the, the first part of that within the Public Speakers Association, our common denominator in all of our members are that we're all speakers. And, and, and that means we have them in all different areas, in finance, in getting out of the alligator pit, in bringing value to corporate America, and how you use your voice or how you write your bio, I, so many different directions. But it's all people that recognize that growing their business through speaking 
uh, have uh, kindred spirits within PSA because we all we all focus that direction and some of us are professional speakers and that's how we actually make our living and then there's those that really grow their business that way so the the old model of the keynote speaker like I want to get paid to speak that is the upper echelon that is the the cream of the crop right there at the top you know three percent and it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen to speakers, but to make your living that way, you've, you've done your time. You've spent your time on stages and you've paid to play and you've gotten to a point that you have a reputation and that you've built the, the, the foundation that has put you in that kind of position. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's the one in a million that hits the stage the first time, makes $25,000 and then suddenly they're off and running. <laughs> also, that's not particularly sustainable because the climate changes and subjects change, but the pay to play is more what really happens because event promoters put a lot of time into creating the event, booking it, getting all the logistics and all of those things in place. They often have a team of people that they work with that they're paying out of their pocket. So for someone to just come for free and speak when they've spent all the time gathering the right folks and advertising and all that, if you look at the money that goes into it, it doesn't really balance out. So energetically, financially, however you want to look at it, uh, doesn't, you know, just showing up and speaking for free doesn't really balance out what's going into the event. When you invest in yourself, you also tend to show up better. And this is a sustainable model because you invest, you show up, you do a good job. If you're able to make an offer, which not all speaking engagements allow that, but they are uh, usually at least a lead generation opportunity. But if you're able to make an offer and you do that successfully, that $500,000 investment can turn into tens of thousands of dollars very easily and very quickly. And that is a much more appealing model to me. I, I know about going to events and getting that spot, uh, getting that speaking spot or that booth that maybe comes with a speaking spot. That investment for me is what gets me to the event, gets me in the advertising and, and gets that information in front of the right people. And then they listen to your talk. They connect with you. If you've got 100 people in your audience and 25% of them are are right there on your page and you convert 10% of that at $1,000, that's a $10,000 speaking gig that you may be paid $500 to $1,500 for, including your travel expenses. That's like the Facebook ad that pays you better than return on investment, right? That's like right? A, that is a that is a cash machine that you would invest in day after day after day. <laughs> right? and, and that is that that's what I found when I really started to get out and speak was that I was doing a lot of events that would be two day events, but I would have a, a forty five minute or an hour speaking spot. And that was where all the goodies happened. The rest of it was just being present at the event and networking and meeting people. But that was when I got people in 
to my programs or into whatever offer I had. And the easy yes is something that's really important. Have an opportunity for people to work with you that's simple, that's that's an easy yes for them. So mm-hmm. something that is, you know, maybe greatly reduced, very much tailored to the group you're talking to, um, has a lower price point. Something that can get them into your funnel and get their information and therefore allow you to follow up with them and invite them to other things that you do. And as one of my coaches calls it, a dumbass offer. <laughs> it's so good that you cannot say no. <laughs> and, and, and it works, right? Because people want to know how they can work with you. And you'll see uh, speakers that are that are seasoned that have been doing it for a while will have a number of different things. They may have like a a $3 PDF and a $10 video and a $20 book and a $97 workshop and a $2,000 program. Right. But you, as a speaker, you don't have to have that from the beginning. You can start with something that you use as your offer. And then as that's kind of run its course and you've made what you can from it, it becomes one of your go to things that you give away or offer at a reduced rate. As you progress, what you offer progresses as well. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's really smart. Now, of course, my next follow up question to that is going to be where do you find out about these speaking engagements and what's the best place to kind of like connect with people like through these? There's there's a couple of ways to answer that because if you it depends on if you want to speak locally, if you want to just do virtual stuff, if you want to travel nationally. But the the main thing is you've got to have a network of people that you're in contact with. And that means every conversation, whether you're having it in person, on the phone, through an email, that you're providing value and that you're looking at how can how can I help this person do what they need to do? And if you take that approach to it all the time, instead of going, all right, who's got money for me, right? Which never really works in the long run. It might work occasionally, but if you're presenting the value and looking at that, not only is your time valuable, but the person you're communicating with is, then then you're building that foundation in a way that's mutually beneficial, And most of your speaking gigs are going to come from referrals from speaking gigs. So there's there's our little catch 22, right? Mm -hmm. How do you get started? So one of the main things that I suggest, especially to new speakers, is look at who your avatar is. Who, Who are you speaking to? Who is your target audience? There's so many ways to say that avatar, target audience, whatever. But who is it that you need to be in front of? And figure out what their demographics are, what their age range, their education, their, their, uh, their, what they make for money, what they might do for a job, the things that are pertinent to that person. And then where do they go, right? Because what I do with my avatars, I give my avatar a name. So I say, all right, Judy goes to these events. So I'm going to go to those events. And while I'm there, I'm going to bring value and I'm going to connect with as many people as possible. Talking to other speakers, make sure you you meet the uh, event coordinator and make a connection with them and ask, do you know of anybody else that would enjoy uh, or benefit from 
the, the presentation that I offered. And you can say that in your presentation. You can say that to people you have one-on-ones with. You can ask the event coordinator. It really is about putting yourself out there. And, and that's not always comfortable at first. But once you've figured out that you get more when you ask, because if you don't ask, that you're not going to get near as many opportunities. But if you ask, sometimes people are going to say yes. And those yeses lead to more yeses. Right. You're building your own kind of pyramid system from this one talk. I got three people that I'm working with, but I also got a connection to another group and that those three people are great. But that connection to the other group may be the thing that pans out the biggest, but you won't know if you don't ask. Yeah, I love that. All good connection. And so do you do that at the uh, Public Speakers Association? Tell us a little bit about the association, what you guys do, how you connect people with that speaking we have uh, about 200 active members that are uh, paid members through an annual or a monthly membership. And we meet regularly, um, at least once a month. And then we have uh, internal speaking opportunities that help us stay connected. Uh, we have several different groups within the PSA throughout the country and in the UK uh, that that are opportunities for you to speak in groups in different areas where you wouldn't normally have a chance to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, that's just within the organization and the joint ventures and the partnerships, the people that you meet that do things differently or know about events or have connections that you don't getting in and working with those people is what leads to those other, those other opportunities. So our community really is intertwined and everybody knows what the other folks do and likes to help each other out. So that's just just within the Public Speakers Association. Uh, We also work with a sister organization called Speaker Hub. And you get a listing not only with PSA, uh, but with Speaker Hub, which is kind of like LinkedIn for speakers. Mm -hmm. Uh, you You can get in their network. And when people are looking for speakers, that's kind of the go-to place. Uh, so that, that expands there. Uh, also, uh, as they are presented to me through several different channels and networking uh, of, you know, working with different event managers and promoters and, and all of those things, that, that's my job to bring the value to our members. Um, I send out to our members uh, speaking opportunities that are vetted to, uh, I check all the links. I verify that everything is, you know, is on the up and up. Uh, and then I send those out as often as I get them so that uh, our members are consistently applying and uh, finding speaking gigs that suit what they're trying to do. Uh, so it, it really is, a, you know, practice what you preach mm-hmm. for, for our individuals helping support them and get them in touch with the right people. But as an organization, I apply those same rules and do the same thing. I just do it on a grander scale. And then it benefits our members, uh, our membership base as a whole. Uh, So there's, there's always, you know, always have the conversation, always take the opportunity to meet with somebody, even if it's just 15 minutes, maybe you hit it off and maybe you don't, but you're going to learn something no matter what. And if you show up bringing value then you'd be surprised how often that value comes right back to you right in that moment or shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. And, and within the Public Speakers Association, another big aspect of what we do is help people 
build their base, right? Taking a look at where is it that you want to be in your speaking, right? What's your dream gig? Where are you right now? Because that matters because that's how we determine what you do next. And within our membership opportunities, you can do different types of videos. Uh, you can participate in a Meet the Experts series. You can do a tip series, things that will get you out there in your social media and ours, uh, cross-posting, repurposing. I really focus on stuff that can be repurposed, right? Because if you can, if we can spend you know, half an hour reporting a podcast, recording a podcast that you can post and I can post, then you can do that dozens of times in different places. And now you're coming up in searches, you're coming up on people's LinkedIn profiles, on Facebook, on wherever that is. Mm -hmm. uh, so it really is about looking at where you want to be and where you are and helping you determine what course of action gives you the most direct line between here and there. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I love that you guys are up to at the Public Speakers Association. I really encourage our listeners, go check out what Jason's up to. Go join the membership, get involved in the community and see what you can uh, get involved with. Sounds like there's lots of connection opportunities there. And um, Jason, just on a last note, now, given our current circumstances in the world where a lot of events have been canceled or postponed this year, what have you noticed some changes in the Speakers Association? What are you guys, are people doing more events online, virtually? Um, what's happening over there? When, it, when things first shifted, uh, everybody was pummeled with cancellations. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and there's different ways to look at that. Uh, you can choose to, you know, throw your hands up. Uh, which everybody's going to do for at least a couple of minutes, right? Because it's a mess. Uh, but that starts to settle and, and you got to figure out what to do next. And you can go the route of I'll wait till things start up again. Um, or you can say, wow, now everybody's at home and they're easily accessible. So it, it gives you an opportunity, first of all, to do a gut check on where your stuff is. Check out your profiles. Look at your social media. Uh, are you doing everything that you can there? Is your foundation solid? Because that's what slips by us, right? If you haven't looked at your profile in 60 days, it's time to take a look. If you don't have a fresh picture from the last year, it's time to consider getting updates. And, and recognizing the need to have the foundation in place and having a window of opportunity to really pay attention to that and to start building it up a little bit, that helps you get back in the groove and stay in the groove, whichever that is. And then when the virtual events, which clearly was what first started happening, uh, what I noticed, the trend was that when folks transferred from a live event to a virtual event, not all of those went very smoothly. And those that made that transition well kind of didn't skip a beat and they're still just as busy as they always were. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of speakers are very much in that, in that space. We have a lot of folks that were very successful because it happened quickly. Mm -hmm. um, the other part of that is you've got access to people you didn't before and they're available and they're tired of watching the news. They're tired of, you know, Netflix, they've run through their list. So they're looking for uh, things to learn. And if you're out there and available, then that's, you know, that, that just gives you that much more exposure. 
Plus, everything's getting recorded, right? So yes. now you have repurposable content, which before used to cost you at an event to get a reel would be two or three hundred dollars of your talk recorded. Right. Now it's recorded on Zoom, and they just send you a file, and boom, you've got boom, more. Are, yeah. yeah, you got so more cool. stuff to post. So it's it's really about how you look at it and look for the look at it as an as an opportunity, and how do I leverage what I've got here in front of me. Uh, yeah. The speaking events are starting to come back. Live mm -hmm. events are showing back up. Uh, they're happening again. They're they're not as you know in, in as high attendance as they were before. Mm -hmm. But people want to get out and they want to do the thing. And eventually we'll get back to that. But the belief is that a lot of it will be hybrids. So there's always going to be virtual opportunities. So even introverted speakers, you folks out there that have been behind a microphone, um, you feel better at the computer and you don't want to get on a stage, there's still going to be tremendous opportunity to grow your business that way. Yeah, this is for, for the opportunity for those people that prefer to be behind the mic to get on all those stages now that are virtual. <laughs> it is no better time now <laughs> to do that. Well, it's, a good, it's a good middle ground too, right? To work through it because when you're speaking virtually, you can have notes up in front of you and nobody knows that. <laughs> right. You can, you got the little cheat sheet, right. I, and, and get your message down and, and get your delivery. And it's, it's a much more, uh, it's a more narrow bridge, right. And, and you can make mistakes, but they don't have as big an impact. Whereas if you're in a room full of a thousand people live yeah. and you slip up, that's very different than if you're in a virtual event with a hundred people. Right. right. And, and glitches, things happen. It just helps you, helps you hone your skills. Yeah. It's the, the biggest thing I can tell anybody moving from a microphone to virtual or to the stage is smile. If you don't take anything else away from today, if you smile, you will do better. Because it comes across even on the microphones when you're not on video, guys. You can absolutely. see, you can see, you can hear the smile. <laughs> absolutely, okay. that's that's why the uh, I'm always smiling when I'm speaking because to me that's that's like the ultimate, right? Like getting to do an interview and to share knowledge and and bring value. That's the ultimate gift that we get to do because of our experience. So I'm happy about it, right? I'm an enthusiastic <laughs> yeah. human, so and I'm your always enthusiasm smiling. Enthusiasm is infectious to your <laughs> listeners and. I love that. And then, you know, right. That's that authenticity is it, when it's real, people respond to it. So it won't matter if you mess up a word or you, you know, you stumble a little bit in whatever way. People are going to forgive that, especially when you're being real and you're presenting yourself in an authentic way and you have a smile on your face. It's a lot harder to negatively judge somebody that's smiling at you. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. If that's any reason, that's a good one, right? there well thank you jason this has been super valuable and i think really helpful for our podcasters out there thinking about transitioning to stages virtually or in person those are some great tips and really great advice and guys i highly recommend go check out the public speakers association jason does a great job over there jason where can we find out more information about it there's uh, there's two ways to really do that if you're if you're interested in getting involved in the community and directly with the public speakers association uh, you can go to public speakers spelled out with an s association.com 
and you can learn about what we do, see some of the videos that we've produced, uh, keeping up on what's going on, uh, see about our virtual summits and, and join those kinds of uh, uh, smaller events and learn about some of the bigger stuff too. Uh, there's a link there to get on my schedule and I'm available all the time to chat about how PSA can help you. If you'd like a taste that isn't, um, uh, isn't part of the membership, you can go to the Public Speakers Association Facebook group. We've got uh, over 8,000 members in that group, and we are consistently providing value and Facebook Lives and all kinds of speaking tips, and those things are part of that. And uh, it's free to join. You just um, say yes to the rules and follow the rules, and you're and everybody's welcome. Uh, so there's you know there's a couple of different ways to to really participate and and learn, uh, and it's it's always about bringing as much value to the speakers or potential speakers as possible. Yeah, I love that. That's so great. Thank you so much, Jason, for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Appreciate all your knowledge and, and enthusiasm and smiles when it comes to you know, speaking and presenting. You can clearly have a stage presence. So thank you for being with us today. And Amplify You family, make sure you reach out to Jason, Public Speaker Association. He's offering free time to have a chat with him uh, and get to know you. So he's got tons of valuable resources and information. So take him up on that offer, reach out to him. Thank you so much, Jason, for being with us today. Well, thank you, Michelle. It was a pleasure being here. I hope people got some good tips that they can apply and work with and uh, would love to speak with anybody personally that's interested. I think they did. And until next time, Amplify You family, be great out there. Get your message out there in the world and uh, let us take care of all those details for you. So be in touch. Thanks again. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.